Welcome to Five Strike Weekly, everyone. Yeah. Not the best of weeks to be a Five Strike fan, but we're gonna dig into those two matches and see if we can pull any positives about those two disappointing results. Plus, later on, we welcome a very special guest from 92.9 The Game. All that and more, next. Welcome to the show, Five Strike Fam. I'm AJ, this is Tanner McLeod. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. Things aren't always gonna be easy for the Five Stripes, and this is definitely the most adversity that Atlanta United has faced yet. But I think the team and the fans will be stronger for it. But let's remember that passion for the game is a good thing because the opposite in apathy, yeah, not so much, <laughs> definitely not. And yeah, I mean, that means the fans are engaged in the club, but I think everyone's entitled to their opinion. So here's ours. And let's first get to the Monterey match in that steed. Do you yeah. want my, do you want the vegetables or the vegetables of this lovely dinner? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And uh, well, I mean, the meat of it is that yes, we weren't very good, but the vegetables, I guess, yeah, that's what we'll get to. And uh, I think definitely uh, it looked decent for most of the uh, the eighty minutes because a one 0 result was probably gonna be a good result to bring back home to the Benz, but yeah, it just didn't end up that way. In the last 10 minutes, we gave up two more, and yeah, I mean, is it tie over? Yeah, oh, absolutely. That third goal, it killed it off, because you're not gonna win three goals to none against Herediano. They're gonna score against you. You've shown, as we'll get into later on with Cincinnati, that you cannot mm. keep a clean sheet. But, I mean, if they score, you have to score four. And right now, is this team scoring four? No, they're, they're not. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think the tie's over. And it's disappointing because, you know, at 1-0, you, you would totally take that back. Can it let a you know, win 2-0 or 1-0 take it to extra time mm -hmm. or 3-1 or so? Yeah, I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. But to turn this around, no, I just, I just don't see it. And it's so, yeah. so disappointing because... It's just more of the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a mountain of a, uh, you know, just a huge mountain to climb, basically. Mountains and, are, there, are made to be climbed, though, as Ole Gunnar sure. Shire said. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, but, yeah, I mean, from that first whistle, I think, uh, yeah, Monterey really just put their foot down on us, and it was difficult for Atlanta United to get a foothold at all. Well, they made that a lot easier by fouling the ever-living shit out of us and yeah. the ref literally calling none of it because he was blind. Actually, sure. it was it was just CONCACAF and terrible. The pitch was terrible. Sure. The penalty was really weak and dubious at best. Pity Martinez got fouled 10 times, and of those, how many times did he get booked? Mm -hmm. You had one of the guys, I think it was Rodriguez, number 29, yeah. had 10 fouls, did mm -hmm. not receive a single booking. Yeah. How do you foul people 10 times and not get a single booking? How does a ref do you not go, oh, this player keeps getting fouled repeatedly and not, and not book yeah, someone. Book whomever no fouls protection. next. Yeah, it's that's not true. like he was that's diving, true. he was getting kicked. Yeah. And so when that happens, you're getting kicked. Mm -hmm. You can't get anything going on offense to really reply. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, the double-edged sword there is that we weren't really mustering too much. Yes, we couldn't really get a rhythm and we haven't really had a whole rhythm besides the Herediano match. Uh, this season so yeah on the road we've been kind of anemic and uh yeah anemic, i mean it, it kind of terrible sure. yeah yeah sure i mean and, uh, you've lost 3-1 2-0 and now 3-0 on the road yeah it's not just anemic yeah it's just terrible you can't mm -hmm. score goals and you can't keep them out i yeah. mean i'd accept anemic if we weren't shipping goals but mm -hmm. every time this team goes away from home you know they're conceding multiple goals right but in terms of that it hasn't been a lot from the run of play where it was uh, you know, just ridiculous. It was a penalty, 
that was, yes, uh, contentious. Um, you have, yeah, I mean, a free kick. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just difficult. It's difficult to, uh, it's one of those things we have been very just poor on, uh, you know, any sort of dead ball. And yeah, I mean, that I think all the, the past demons reared its head as well in terms of this. And then us not being able to muster up really much on attack and really not have a, a, really any chemistry between yeah. our front line and really between midfield and anywhere else. It's really, yeah, I think it just tells the tale completely. Well, when you need goals and you make your substitution in the 90th minute of the game, yeah, it's not really gonna help you that much there, is it, with three minutes added on and that taking up a minute of them? Yep. What you doing? Exactly. And of course, uh, with the starting lineup, you also have Mikey Ambrose starting again as a wingback after not really even showing too much at DC United. But yes, I understand that, yeah, you know, our system and uh, the, you know, players and the personnel that entails it means that we don't really have a whole lot of options. But I think that's when you try to cater to the you know the best best strengths of the uh, the personnel that you have at hand to try to get something away on the road and not just completely have a wash on this side and then on this side you have you know maybe a fatigued or maybe a person that's just a misfit for that position as well i mean on the whole it's just it's just frustrating and i don't want to dwell too long on monterey because yeah. we need to talk about a little bit more so yeah it's three nil yeah, second leg, we'll preview that at the end because yeah. we need to, but not really that we have much hope for it. But now we're going to move on to the frustration that was, yeah, Sunday at the Bins. Exactly. It was not good. So FC Cincinnati, it was the home opener, and you have the 2018 MLS Cup banner unfurled. And looks nice. Looks very nice. Yes, looks very nice. I A wish star there... on all the graphics, they yeah. let you know. <laughs> oh, for sure. And you can see, yes, there were stars on all of the flags around the uh, the bends. But uh, I do wish a little bit that there was a little bit more light on that banner. But yes. other than that, uh, and a Tifo. a little spotlight that just shines exactly. on the 2018 yeah, yeah. star. Or yeah, maybe they can work on that if uh, Atlanta United, you're listening a little bit. Yeah, hopefully. Free do advice. that. But, um, because, yeah, I mean, you don't want to see in the dark corner, oh, what does that exactly say? Oh, yeah, we won the championship that one time. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's get to the match itself, though, which uh, started off very, very well. Uh, Joseph Martinez gets a through ball from Julian Gressel. It's almost like muscle memory at this point. And, uh, Julian, uh, and uh, Joseph Martinez gets, uh, that, uh, gets on that through ball and slots it home just like he does clinically from a very tight, tight angle, and it looked like it was game on where we were going to maybe blow out an FC Cincinnati, but that wasn't in the cards. Yeah, no, to be honest, as weird as it sounds, when that goal went in, I didn't feel like we were going to get more. I didn't feel, usually when Atlanta had score, it's like, especially, you know, I don't want to talk at all about last year because we need to put that in the past. It happened. Mm -hmm. You know, now let's move on to the now. Let's move on to this chapter three. Last year, would have felt like we were going to score again and then mm -hmm. gotten a third or a fourth. This yeah. year, we scored and it's like, okay, now what? Because you mm -hmm. knew it was going to happen. That was so uncharacteristic. Now, mind mm -hmm. you, that's supposed to happen even within his system. Mm -hmm. When you have that killer three ball on that killer run, that's what Barcelona do all the time. Mm -hmm. So you take that option if it's there and you can play that ball. That was a good ball by Julian Gressel, a great finish by Joseph Martinez. But afterwards, it just became 
Sideways, 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 mm -hmm. cross into the box. Sideways, 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 backwards, sideways, sideways, right. sideways. No killer mentality that we really needed to kill off this match, and essentially we let FC Cincinnati back in the match. But credit to them for not really playing a low block, but really it's a what they did was pretty much they yeah just kind of kind of sat in the middle, kind of and you shifted with the ball yeah. because the ball movement was so slow they didn't have to work hard. Exactly. So at the end of the game when they had to break. They, they were, were tired. Yeah. Usually, when you play this system, when the ball moves quicker, mm -hmm. the team is so exhausted from chasing the ball after 90 minutes that as the game goes on, your team usually scores the late goals because they can't keep up with the runs anymore. Right. But none of those runs are being made because none of the players are either fit enough because they're tired from being played a lot, yeah. or good enough, or being told not to make those runs, right. which results in absolutely no attacking play mm -hmm. and dismal, really, really slow, boring football. Yeah. Like Louis Van Gaal. Yeah, and well, <laughs> so I mean, with that, uh, yeah, that that starting lineup was essentially as strong as you can get, except for Nagby for our uh, Nagby coming out for Lorenowitz and uh, Julian Gressel coming in back in on a uh, right wing back, but. Uh, I think it was a little bit more that we got we solidified that middle with uh, Larry, you know, in that uh, defensive midfield, which looked a little bit more assured at least. Uh, but I think when you have Remedi pretty much being having to, you know, force kind of the chances and try to be creative. To be fair, he wasn't it the wasn't worst bad. at it at times. Yeah, he, but, but he trying to do it by himself is ridiculous. Yeah. There's so much space that you have Eric Remedi running into. Exactly. Like not. He, that was the space Miguel Almiron was running into, but yeah. you can still have someone running into that space, mm -hmm. but not being Miguel Almiron. That's right. where I'd expect Petey Martinez to be trying to come into some space right. and making your run. Or Ezekiel Barco, or Nagby, and, yeah. because you have more guys in the midfield, but right now the midfield is so thin and so bare, yeah. you're asking one guy to do all the attacking sure. duty in the middle, and the other guy to do all the defending, and you really get nothing of either. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, when <laughs> Eric Rometty is doing most of the verticality in this match, uh, when you have players like PT and Barker, like we were just saying, that should be making those runs, that should be taking it to the byline or taking it to the, the keeper. And Barco's shown a willingness to run with the ball. I right. mean, just put yeah. him in the right position yeah. and allow him to make those runs at mm -hmm. people because he can do it and he's technically yeah. gifted on the ball and so is P.T. Martinez. And they beat people in different ways. Miggy mm -hmm. beat people with his speed. They beat people with their technique because they're right. incredibly gifted. Mm -hmm. But we're not putting them in those positions to succeed. And it's just like, if we can see it, someone mm -hmm. else has to be able to see it. And why can't we see any change? But so far, you see no change, you see poor subs. Why are we bringing on Kevin Kratz? I just respect to him mm -hmm. with the idea of what, playing for a foul, winning a free kick? Mm -hmm. When did we become that type of team? Why is Tito, a striker, a forward, mm -hmm. an attacker coming on who's gonna be direct? I get that there's not a lot of space, mm -hmm but he can make something happen. He has a shot on him. Get a rebound, let Joseph Poach. Right. We're going He's for a He's got a mo goal. moment of magic in him, and then, yeah, you know, what he does is he runs at tired defenses, and yeah, maybe there might not be some space, but I think he's been proven that he doesn't really need that much space. He will shoot from anywhere, and when you can shoot from anywhere, then maybe Joseph can get on a rebound. Something might happen. I but think you just gotta system, test. You gotta take a system, risk. Within the system, though, that's not gonna happen because yeah. the system is about not taking risks. You, yeah. I mean, you don't play that killer ball. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why he doesn't bring Tito on because he feels that Kevin Kratz can add to the control of the game and pass yeah. and then help get the ball forward within this system because that's the type of footballer he is, whereas Tito's just gonna lose the ball and when you're trying to win the game, you can't lose the ball. Yeah. So. That's his methodology, that's his philosophy, sure. for lack of a better term, because that's mm -hmm. the word the Dutch love to use. 
that doesn't gel with us. That was something we're not used to doing. We were yep. told that we were going to attack, that we will take risks, that we would rather, you know, we'd rather win a game 3 2 than 1 0. That was trying to win a game 1 0. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what we were sold on. So, I mean, yeah, it's it, frustrating to it watch. It definitely is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, let's get into some of the positives from this match. And Miles Robinson had another fantastic match. I think he's been uh, one of the stalwarts of this season where he has been very, very good. Um, yes, he's not the most technically gifted, but I think as a defender, he has been lights out. Uh, where, yeah, I mean... He, uh, he at one point, you know, just a, a last-ditch tackle, and uh, it was very much needed because, yeah, it could have been another chance for them that, uh, you know, this might have been out of hand, and, you know, it might have been 1-1 very early. So He had a couple of chances as well where he physically just muscled people off the ball and let the ball run out of play, which was some very good defensive play. Mm -hmm. I think for me, what I kind of realized after watching a few games is I honestly think that he's being trained, and I think... DeBoer sees him as the most coachable mm -hmm. to put him in that middle spot to allow Escobar when he's fit again to play on the right side of that back three to then see Michael Parkhurst fade that phased out mm -hmm. because it gives you a more athletic back line that can cover more mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. Now you have two guys who can play the ball. Not saying that Parkhurst can't, but he doesn't have the athleticism to be able to cover the ground mm -hmm. or the physicality in the air. Like yeah, because I would Escobar. say Parky is one of the best playing, uh, you know, center right. backs but in the league. So but he's so good at yes. being in the middle and being mm -hmm. able to control a defense. Which exactly. You can still have him come in and do that as the rotation, which for mm -hmm. a guy so late in his career, I, I think that's fair for him. He's still incredibly mm -hmm. good, but it'd be tough to expect him to play every single game and run mm -hmm. as much as he needs to on that right side, which mm -hmm. means he can step into that middle role. Mm -hmm. So you have some depth there. Yep. And then, so now you have your back three, and a back three of Escobar, Robinson, and LGP, if yeah. they can all develop and very play well. Very athletic. That's very athletic, mm -hmm. very good on the ball. Very good in the air Very as well. good in the air, so yeah. there you have defense, passing, pos mm -hmm. possession, all that covered there, yeah. and he's trying to build from the back. Mm -hmm. then, so is it a case where, you know, maybe some people are being too harsh on Frank DeBoer, and that there is a, a, a thing where, you know, we don't have all our pieces back, and so, uh, you know, kind of, just kind of bashing all of these results in Frank DeBoer after five matches. Is it too early? I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it's, yeah. I think it's, it's uh, two sided there. And Absolutely. I mean, I still think he has his criticisms. I mean, his substitutions make no sense. Mm. You don't have to try to do the whole thing at once. You can take it in baby steps. And if you don't have the ability to play what you need, there's no reason to force yourself. Mm -hmm. You can still teach Miles Robinson how to play in a back three and a three, five, two. Mm -hmm. And that happened when Nagby came on and Nagby showed some dynamism. I thought he looked good when he came on. He was good on the turn mm -hmm. a few times and was sprinting into space after leaving a guy in the yeah. dust. But it but was a little around him it, it was a little confusing no no because him uh he essentially whether it, they were supposed to be playing apparently uh according to felipe cardinals was that they were supposed to be playing a 5-3-2 at the end of the match and that's when the goal happened from fc cincinnati yeah. from uh lama and so yeah i mean you know in that sense maybe there was not the cohesion and uh, the instructions in their minds of, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. Because, yeah, it came over on uh, Parky's side, and, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, was Nagby in the middle, or was he played out in the same position as a Barco? Like, that's where I don't know I think he was told to be being, I think he was playing in a midfield three that was being told to play wide. Right. I mean, I think and that's I think, how I feel about that, but I think but that's where the time. ball comes right. in. Right, yeah, for, no, they, you know. but, I mean, they did clearly switch to having a midfield three. Yeah. But I think that it's something that, on the whole, I wouldn't attribute that to being the problem is because you've just mm -hmm. switched into it 
in a game, but I think if you're playing it the whole time, it makes more sense because it allows you to do more going forward. And just because you gave up a goal, that will happen. But at the same time, those goals could have happened against the 3-4-3 anyway because you wouldn't have had anyone to contest the ball in the first place. Yeah. So I still think that this team's best is having a midfield three. That's how they won MLS Cup with a midfield three mm -hmm. because they have guys that don't have to do everything by themselves. And if you have a strong defense, which we've talked about how we can see them, mm -hmm. and then if you move to a midfield three, now you just have to figure out how you can do with your attackers who are your mm -hmm. most gifted players. And if everything mm -hmm. else is sorted, and you're now just saying, what can we do to get the best out of you because you know that you're solid going back, which would mm -hmm. be a very Dutch methodology, mm -hmm. then you could have a very good team. Mm -hmm. That just may take time yep. to get there. And again, I'm not arguing for Frank Nibor because again, if you watch my fan cam, you know how pissed off I am. I've seen this under Louis van Gaal to drive that point home again, which is why in my very first video when he was rumored, I mentioned Louis van Gaal because that was really boring football. It was like, I was so disappointed watching every game. Even when they won games, it was hard to watch. And that's not what I want here. And that's what I was worried about and that they don't change. And that's what I'm seeing so far. Mm -hmm. But you know, those, I, I kind of just eschewed the positives. Let's hope that, that can happen because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we want him to be successful. Is mm -hmm. even though you're frustrated as hell with him, mm -hmm. it's better if he's successful. If we start winning and things do turn around mm -hmm. and those things do happen and we start winning games, maybe we can be more entertaining. But at the end of the day, it's still bad right now, and you'd expect a little bit of something to change if something's not working. Yeah. But I think silver linings is that uh, Julian Gressel, I mean, we already know how vital he is to this uh, 11 already. But, yeah, he put a man-of-the-match performance in, I think. Uh, yeah, he definitely, uh, you know, he showed that industry, and, you know, we definitely miss just, it's a, it's a, sort of a black hole when he's not in uh, the side on the right wing back uh, position. So, you know, uh, I think Julian Gressel, if he's able to stay healthy and Franco Escobar coming back in, it definitely just solidifies the whole lineup on a whole. And so maybe there is sunnier things to look forward to. But uh, I think something that really is perplexing is though Tito Vialba really missing these last two matches, he's played one minute in the last two matches. I and fully don't understand. This was perfect, again, for the, uh, for him to come on and really run at tired players. But, uh, you know, I think uh, on another note is that, yeah, we need that dynamism. We need that that change of pace uh, that not only a Tito Vialba can bring, but someone like, uh, you know, on a more consistent basis, trying to nappy when he's more integrated into the team, he can be running in the midfield where he can use his speed and uh, really just dribble around everybody because it's really difficult to get him off of the ball. So absolutely, but I mean the thing, I mean not again to, to kind of give DeBoer a little bit of, of a backing here. Mm -hmm. You didn't have Darlington Mag Nagby for preseason when yeah. he's installing a new system. So. Mm -hmm. He's had not enough time to train in a good training session in 11 v 11 to learn this system. Not saying that's all you need. I mean, but they're not as training as much because they're playing games every every yeah. three days. So he doesn't have the chance to train in this system and learn right. it. And the, the so short-sighted game that you know he uh, was really talking about after the match. That yeah, that really develops that quick thinking and really uh, allows these players to 
buy into the system a lot more when you just have matches and you only have really three days in between you just practice shooting you practice uh you know uh just just little little things that aren't really on a hold the big picture and, and for so, him the big picture is what matters this isn't right. a you know sometimes in different you know footballing styles it, maybe the off the cuff is important you know that's that's how you play mm -hmm. but you know for him he's about possession mm -hmm. and that's a system it requires training and being able for players to learn when to make the moves and when to make the runs it's very technical it's very yeah. thought out this type of manager he is yeah. and it just takes time to get there right. but and at the same been time said, yeah, though, you know, with tito mm -hmm. he's just a player that doesn't fit the system and as yeah. frustrating as that is he's not the type of guy that fits in a possession-based system he's mm -hmm. a direct player he runs yeah. at people he makes things happen that being said i think why not try to at least train him because mm -hmm. You know, put it, train him to be Joseph's role and have him be the second striker to come in for Joseph. Start him in some games. That's what he is. He's a great goal scorer. Exactly. Let him make some runs in behind and you have guys that can play the balls past him into right. him and he can score goals. Yeah, I think he's been a victim of, you know, where he hasn't had a lot of matches and then he in turn isn't match fit. And then when you play him in, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, it was just, he gets 60 minutes and it's that's it and he didn't look the best but you know you need some bearings and especially when other guys are given the leash to be able to play matches like consistently that's uh that's a i think a big thing yes he's probably just not rated by frank de boer and i think that's just a shame because i mean it's gonna be tough for uh, Tito Vijalba to want to stay if that is the case, and that's yeah. yeah I mean, that's that, would, that would be awful because I think he's a player that everyone loves because we know yeah. what he can do, and his passion is very evident right. for the club. And I think our uh, friend Kelly Francis has noted as well that yeah, I mean, I think we've all noticed that he's part of a lot of the Atlanta United team marketing, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was he, one of our original designated players. Yeah, and then I he mean, doesn't he can't buy a game. It's uh, it's, it's very interesting, very it's very interesting. I, but, I, I still think. That's that's one of my problems with divorce. He yep. needs to be able to accept change and try to do some things differently. Mm -hmm. Tito Bajab was a very talented player, and everyone has to have different options when you're chasing mm -hmm. games. You need a goal. You need that. He's dynamic. a player with flair. He's a player that yeah, he might always not you know be consistent. He can be a bit mercurial mm -hmm. at times, mm -hmm. but he can still win a game for you. And yep. he's done that for Atlanta in the past, and he can do it in the future if you just give him that opportunity. Right. Uh, but let's move on to the post-match quotes that were not only frustrating but very very perplexing. Uh, if not divisive, uh, but yeah, here you go. Yeah, but uh, one thing was that uh, he talked about the number of scoring chances for the team, and he said that yeah, that uh, you know the second half there were actually more chances from the team than the first half, which is very interesting. There were yeah six I think chances, uh, and versus I think one in what the second. What were these half. chances? Well, I mean, I mean genuinely, I maybe, maybe there were remember. half chances. They were I not mean, memorable. Not even. Joseph doesn't get. He got one clear cut chance, and it was a half chance, and he buried it because yeah. he's really freaking good. Yeah. Like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Take Joseph out of this team. Who's going to score a goal for you? Because yeah, in this system. Right now, yeah, it's perplexing. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, uh, he, he was pressed about, you know, maybe changing the formation of the team. And uh, he was mentioning that, yeah, I There's mean, you know, he's thought about it and that, you know, of course, a, you know, 4-4-3 or a 4-4-2 uh, or 4-3-3 rather in a 4-4-2 uh, would, you know, be something that he would consider uh, and he wouldn't hesitate to do it. That's interesting because, I mean, he hasn't really shown that he would, you know, he, he is hesitating, I think, uh, a little bit to do some of that stuff. But again, though, I don't think it's... 
just solely on the formation. I think it's down to the philosophy, unfortunately, uh, to use that word again. But uh, because that's what it is. I mean, it is about keeping possession versus taking those risks. And uh, I mean, it's it's a a serious thing in, in terms of the ethos of how these players are going about the match. So... Uh, and he was pressed about squad rotation during this squ- this uh, stretch of games. And uh, also, very interesting uh, quote about P.T. Martinez. And essentially saying that, yes, everybody wants to see P.T. Martinez in the home opener at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, and that's uh, normal, and that's why we put him in. That's quote-unquote. Very interesting. Very interesting, because if that's his mindset... I mean, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> he also talks about how he, you know, he wants to win that first game. He sounds like a desperate man, kind of, with some of the stuff he's saying, but yeah. also a very confused one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he to to he goes from lack of rotating and then kind of sidesteps a question about his frustration of his players as well, which, right. based on the lack of rotating, for some who aren't getting games mm-hmm. and for the others who are playing. They're like, what's going on? And that's obviously understandable from their point of view. I mean, exactly. Joseph Martinez cuts a very frustrated figure. P.T. Martinez cuts a very frustrated figure. I mean, it's not just their fault. Yeah, exactly. And uh, to kind of speak with, like, you know, Darren Eels' uh, words, he said it was going to be evolution, not revolution. And right now, it really seems like, well, we're kind of forcing some things on some players that may not be completely bought in. And that's... That doesn't sound like, uh, you know, evolution to me. But, uh, and then, you know, also with Front of War's words, he also mentioned about, you know, we will rotate. We need to rotate. And it's pretty much everything he said is kind of gone against everything right now. Yeah. So, reminds me a lot about his mentor, Louis Van Gaal. Yeah. When one time I'm accused of playing uh, just Route 1 stuff, big man stuff with Fellaini which was happening, it was a thing, mm-hmm. by uh, Sam Allardyce. Irony, not lost on anyone who knows who those two right. are. Yeah. Uh, he brings out a whole chart and gives it to the media members talking about how this is my chart, show, go sh- you know, show Big Sam these pictures, like I'm yeah. not playing Route 1, and it's like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, why do you say the opposite? This is also Jose Mourinho territory, so I'm having a lot of bad flashbacks sure. right now. Sure, sure, sure. Can this not happen? Yeah. Please. But uh, let's uh, let's move on from this match and uh, you know wrap a nice bow on it. Is oh, a that, nice bow. Yeah, right. Or we try to, but yes, it was our first point of the season. That is a vital point because it moves us, uh, you know, forward and at least getting on the board, which is good. Uh, I know, yeah, right? We gotta look at those positives. Really and, positive. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, but if you compare that, I mean, if you look at where uh, you know FC Cincinnati and us are on level ground so far, and after two matches, oh, that's, man. that's that's right where I want to be. Yeah, that's not uh, not exactly where we want to be. But so uh, I think all in all, a very frustrating night, drop points. Uh, but I think uh, you know moving into the news, there at least is that very uh, nice moment for Greg Garza, who came on to a raucous applause. And definitely, I think, the most exciting moment of the night, I think, after the goal that was, I guess, maybe some people actually weren't actually, uh, you know, actually really, really, uh, you know, stoked about. I think it was Greg Francis. And that goal was actually ruined for me because um, (laughs) a dickhead in front of me turned around and decided, hey, let's throw a beer two rows behind me directly into some guy's face. That was fun, picking up from where we left off with MLS Cup. But, I mean... 
I think it speaks about how United fans, yeah. even though people have accused us of booing the players, not booing the players, we're booing the tactics and the staff because we know they're better. Um, we still clap a guy because we actually do have respect and we respect the hell out of him because he worked his ass off for the shirt. He gave everything he had for the shirt and he walked out with a championship and we wish him nothing but the best in the future, just like Miguel Almiron. I think that's something special about Atlanta United mm -hmm. that's been commented how we're weird with former players. We love our former players when they give everything. And you know, this is just another example of us caring for them even when they don't play for us. Exactly. And he's mentioned that, yeah, I mean, this was his favorite stadium to play in and uh, yeah. I mean, with uh, with that said, I mean, it's like, uh, yeah, he's, he's a guy that I think uh, forever has a place in our hearts because, yeah, he was a winner for us. He's always welcome and, back in Atlanta. Exactly. So, Anytime. Uh, but uh, let's get into the really big shoe to drop after the match. And uh, so we've been kind of saving that. And uh, yeah. So let me, let me read quote for quote because there has been... Uh, you know, on uh, the interwebs, maybe this quote taken out of context. So, quote, everybody was spoiled with the results of last season. So everyone has expectations. And that's normal, but everybody also saw what happened with Toronto FC when they played in the Champions League last season. Out of nothing, we were induced to playing a game every three days. So now I think in the 17 days, we will play five games, which is a lot. I mean, so with that said, I mean, it's, uh, let's pick it apart a little bit first because I think there's a lot not wrong with that statement. Yeah. I think spoiled can be a word that we can take in out of context. Maybe he meant something else. Maybe he meant something Dutch else, form. but I can get what he's saying in that he's saying we're used to seeing really good stuff. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times that's not something you're going to get consistently, even at big clubs, mm -hmm. but you know, we were told on something and with the players we've signed, with what we were touted even from him as to what he brings to this club, mm -hmm. is that we have these high expectations of playing mm -hmm. attractive attacking football. That's what we've been told from everyone, so that's what mm -hmm. we're expected to have. And I think Not that's the fair, best choice of words, No, I think that's a fair expectation. Yeah. But to say that we're spoiled, are we really spoiled if that's what mm -hmm. we're promised? And I don't want to sound ungrateful, but this is what we were told this club was going to be about. Exactly. They showed it last year, so mm -hmm. why can't we continue to show it with the same players? And also, uh, not only the front office, but also players have mentioned that their goal is to uh, win every competition, to fight for every competition. So, you know, for us to uh, be spoiled in, in this regard... It's a mean, lowering of expectations. It is, it is. And so that that's where I think a lot of fans have a bone to pick. Um, but also, I mean, let's look at Toronto FC and that... Again, Part. that's lowering expectations. Well, th that's a classic Jose Mourinho tactic, by mm -hmm. the way, from a very negative manager who I hate. Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to lower the bar about what your team can achieve because you're saying it's hard to do. Yeah, we knew that. We were told that. But our president said at the kit reveal, we want to win the Champions League in the MLS Cup. So if that's the front office's goals and they believe that's possible, mm -hmm. then the players believe that's possible. So why are we not coming anything close to that? This is what we were told to expect. Mm -hmm. So is it wrong of us to assume that when these things are being said from you guys, mm -hmm. that this is what we're going to get on the field and now we're not? So why are we yeah. trying to lower expectations? We've never done that at this club before and I never thought that was what we were trying to be. Right. And uh, so also Parky saying those uh, kind of similar words about Toronto 2.0. Uh, this is the thing. There's Toronto, two games in. Why are we saying that? Yeah, Toronto actually has gotten to the final, and they were penalties away from winning, and so to a very good T Grace team. Right. So that's a big difference. I feel like. So I think these maybe are some excuses being made, and I think you know I think we're better than that. 
we should probably uh, rise above beyond that because that's just uh, that's just frankly not good enough. It really isn't. But uh, also, uh, Brad Guzan uh, had some words after the match as well. Talked about the system and if it's hindering the team's playing ability. He said, you can talk about systems, you can talk about formations, you can talk about whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's 11 guys competing against another 11, and more times than not this year, we have not been good enough. And I think, yeah, I mean, he's not wrong, definitely. But it also um, kind of skirts the question because he doesn't yeah. talk about systems. Exactly. And so with the, the system, I think, you know, everybody has that question, is 343 the problem? Is the, uh, you know, the tactics the problem? Uh, is the personnel the problem? All of that. I mean, I think, like I said before, it comes down to the philosophy of uh, what is being brought uh, by Frank DeBoer. And, you know, I think it just has to has to uh, evolve and it has to really, uh, we have to see some progression because, I mean, yeah, the, the dissension is really going to get louder and louder if these results continue as they are. In our next segment, we got a very special guest. You know him from the great radio show from 92.9, Dukes and Bell. He's one half of that fantastic program. It is Mike Bell. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. People call me Mike Bell. That's yeah, exactly. we hey, were, man. We ran into these knuckleheads over at Fifth Third Bank at Kennesaw State uh, for the uh, second round against El Diano. And I said, yeah, hey, let's, let's do this show. And thanks for inviting me, man. Dude, this is absolutely, awesome. yeah. And Glad to have you. We're joined by Devin for real. Hello. Yes. But uh, yeah, let's get right into maybe some of your uh, your your history of soccer like what got you into soccer in the first place and again i apologize i know he's an arsenal guy but yeah i mean i'll give you the reader's digest version uh, yeah. years ago when the uh the dolphins played the giants at wembley and now of course we play yeah. all those nfl games in, in england yeah. but this was the first regular season game and being a guy who follows the giants and dolphins yep. as a kid called my irish cousins who work in london i said let's get some tickets for some uh, epl i want to see yeah. what this english premier league is all about mm -hmm. heard it's the good stuff <laughs> so they they bounce around and my cousin goes i got good news and i got bad news and i go what's, what's the good news he goes well good news is i got us Club level tickets, front row. Because bad news, it's fucking Chelsea. <laughs> so, yeah, apologize, that's... apologize to the kids on that. Day. Hey, but to everybody out there, he did a much better English accent than I did when I brutalized the Jordy <laughs> accent into the Miguel Almiron video. So we'll, we'll give him kudos. No, I'll well, take the slag. Northern Irish, no, the Scottish, it's all different. But anyway, but I went, I fell in love with Chelsea. Don't get angry, but it was mm. uh, six nothing over Man City. Drogba scored two goals. Kalu wow. scored. Lampard scores. It was just all the big dogs were in. Right. And it just, I was like, wow, this. It's almost like you're drinking three buck chuck your whole life yeah and then you get a good bottle of barbaresco and you're nice. like ah okay the light switch goes on i get it or you go from like a natty light to a nice <laughs> hey, yeah, i was gonna say why not use a beer analogy <laughs> Acone brewing dukes and bell hey man ale Ask for shout out to Acone brewing shout out mm -hmm. to carl dukes mm -hmm. the other half of hey man ale mm -hmm. indeed but uh yeah Hope you guys like it but anyway so i, I became mm -hmm. a big fan started following it started following chelsea going to europe to watch them play in the champions league went to russia to see him play man so that was 08 you caught yeah. you caught the 08 yeah. uh final in moscow That's, so i just wow. I just got hardcore on it and uh and I, at the time and real quick just full give you full disclosure sure, yeah. i was one of those guys that Oh, soccer, schmocker, it's so boring. I don't yeah, get right. it. I don't follow it. In 94, when the World Cup was here, we went just because it was a thing, but we didn't know what we were watching. Right, right. When Ireland beat Italy, won nothing in Battlelands back okay. in the day. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so <clears throat> I'm one of those guys who's like, yeah, soccer, I don't get it. Now when you see it, I fell in love with it. Couldn't wait. Followed it big time. Following the EPL. Yep. And then I was on board with the Founders Club. As soon as I knew we were going to have soccer Founding here. Founding member. Yeah. I'm in. So when we were there that night at Compound and you saw like 5,000 people mm -hmm. just lined up to see what the colors going to look like and, right. the, and the basic logo, we knew this was going to be big. MLS Atlanta. <laughs> like, no name. Right. Yellow and red. 2017. Yeah. Right. 
You know, so I mean, I just I was excited about it. And again, I'm not I'm not a soccer snob, mm-hmm. and I still sometimes I'll say out of bounds, touch line. You know, I got to right. make sure you get the sure. lingo right. Yeah, yeah. And but I just love it. Have a passion for it. And the best thing I think you guys know. This is our thing. For all the transplants, everyone from someplace yep. else, everybody in Atlanta got in on this on the ground floor. And I also love the unifying factor that that's, that's part of with United. So I'd love to be a part of it. And that's yeah. one of the things that like I can personally say is as a founding member, I've never missed a home match. I've been to every, and you know, as an Arsenal supporter, I wasn't born in the 1800s. I couldn't see <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. 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 So it's one of those things like there's an ownership. And you know, as a transplant, I've come back to Atlanta from other places. I've, right. I went to mid- college in Mississippi and, and came back here. You know, and to see. Well, I don't blame you, well, I mean, to see the sport. <laughs> you know, I played in high school and I played ODP, and I remember the the matches at, at high level competition in front of your parents, and that's right. that's basically sure. it. Mm-hmm. You know, playing you know playing big tournaments in front of nobody, and then and, and just being told your whole life like. Why do you play it's this? Actually, it's, it's, it's not right, going to go sure. anywhere. It's right, not going to yeah. get you anything, mm-hmm. you know. And then to come and see seventy thousand people, you know, yeah. consistently, and, and a loud goal, and all those other things. It's just great to have that ownership. And I live in Midtown, so the first couple of games at Bobby Dodd were a blast, wow. and that was oh, a, yeah. you know, that's a completely yeah, that's different a from you. Yeah. dynamic. Yeah, but you know, and that was cool too. But then obviously getting to Mercedes Benz and and just I mean now unfortunately we'll, we'll get to where we are right now and to going into week two. And before <laughs> yeah. that, before yeah. all that, let's have happy thoughts. Let's have happy thoughts. I was going to add. Yeah. ask you in 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 the buildup that you've seen right. in all of this like do you have a like a, a top three or maybe a top moment outside of MLS Cup obviously everybody's going to say us, us winning the championship but yeah. is there a moment maybe a Bobby Dodd game that stands out for you I mean as... you mill Assad's first goal wow. you know and yeah. people yeah. just going bananas yeah. for that and you know just and not no, again because you didn't I sort of realized okay Miggy does this and as, as a you know as a casual fan trying to be more passionate mm-hmm. what is this guy's job what does he do right. and then realizing how special Miggy is and how, how good Joseph was and, and is so that was kind of neat but I think for me the, the big moment moments going back it's you take to the playoffs i mean i know that okay we all have those yep. moments but the, the goal at nycfc knowing what the, the big shimetti yeah, oh, yeah. The, the boogeyman that was playing at yankee stadium mm-hmm. you know in that compressed pitch the high school right. you know and realizing because <laughs> remember after toronto we, we're, we're about as down in the dumps as we are right For now sure. the toronto well, lost, you just lost the supporter right. shield right so you know and they had that kind of come to jesus moment with the team that parkhurst and all the guys have told us about but yeah that one and then of course uh the red bulls in here just blowing them out and just the, the energy was just so electric oh yeah you know the Tito's Tito yeah. doing the and then coming over to the sideline just the yeah you asked for three the Escobar goal yeah. against Portland is still one of my all times so it was right in front oh, of us yeah. you know and it was just because exactly. right you knew down. that was the icing on the cake right. and that and, we were pretty much going and I've it. mentioned it before in previous podcasts but I'm going to go back to it in the rain against Houston the 17 singing the national oh. anthem and Miguel Amaron goes for a hat trick boom you know that was well how about staying up late watching the feed of the, uh, the game against San Jose oh man yeah. and, and yeah. The goal for what them that wasn't oh that became a penalty kick for yes. us. No, exactly. I can't lie. I fell asleep when we got down. I go, this is over. Oh, no. I'm on Twitter. We're screwed. <laughs> and then I got to watch the highlights the next day at ATL yeah. TV. Oh, fortunately you, for you, yeah, we, we have to like cover it all the way. And then I'm just like, uh, lost out of sleep. But <laughs> right. thank right. God we got the result that we wanted there. But uh, yeah, I mean, let's get into then <laughs> this kind of uh, recent run of form. And at least maybe uh, let's talk about like, uh, yeah. The season so far and how it's gone and your thoughts. Aberration or sign of things to come. Yeah. You know, it's tough because you want to be, A, you want to be positive because we know what we're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. But then you start to, all the soccer heads I've talked to in the last 24 hours, analysts, guys who played the game from Jason Longshore, you guys know very well from the yep. broadcast. Yep. 
It's Shout three, out Long yeah, Two. Mm-hmm. I guess there's like three schools of thought. That A, it's the worst possible way to start a season with a new head coach, with the compressed schedule mm-hmm. of the uh, CONCACAF Champions yep. League, the way we started the season, and of course, you know, no Miggy. Nine and, weeks and, of an offseason. Who replicates what Miggy does? Can, can yeah. No one on the team currently. Can Tito, sure. is Tito close to that? Kind of, but... And I go. I know Frank DeBoer. There's a lot of pushback because of how his last two stints in professional soccer ended. Sure. So immediately people are a little hot. Now the good news is mm-hmm. people are so passionate. You're talking on a Monday after a soccer match the way Falcon fans or Braves fans would. Uh, that, exactly. That's something I wanted to that, bring that, up. That, that brings is, our point. Yeah. Are you? You're hearing it, obviously. Right. So so it's a beautiful thing. Is this something that you expected to see? You know, from the fan base so quickly after mm-hmm. an MLS Cup. You know, I guess because we thought you know when we always say if the Falcons win a Super Bowl we'll take a losing season or two. And now I don't know about that because yeah. after what we. Just had United <laughs> to look as sluggish as we do right now in these first two MLS games and the mixed bag that the uh, Concacaf has been. It's I think people are they expect excellence, but what they really is frustrating for the fans, especially the casual fan, mm-hmm. the flow of the game. Yes, right. the fact that we we're shots on goal, mm-hmm. highest scoring team in MLS last year. In our yep. first year, what we were the second highest scoring, yep. and we got one goal in two MLS games. Yes, exactly, and that, that's ma- the major crux I think that uh, everybody has is. That attractive soccer is just not there. Uh, I you mean, also, you also mm-hmm. here's the other thing that we need to point. I pointed it out in our fan cam, and I was passionate yeah, about it. Yeah. Like everybody wants to say that you know they scored late. Um, <laughs> they had an offsides goal called back. Right. They yeah. had a header go just wide by Hagelin. They had their like, chances. They yeah. could have that. They could have very easily buried it. And, and mm-hmm. you know the distribution was off. It just seems like everything was off in a game that you would expect with a full bends with a mm-hmm. banner dropping down right. against an expansion team that we would you know we we would perform at a higher level. I think that's the thing. People expected us. They saw what the Sounders did. And aside from you know, seeing Garza, it was really cool to see Greg and get his pause. Awesome. Yeah. But I just think most people thought this was going to be a 3-1, a 4-0 kind of beatdown. After the fifth-minute yeah. goal, right. how could you not? After you yeah. saw him score. And again, it's and the one guy who is flourishing in the 3-4-3 is Gressel. Yes. You know, because mm-hmm. he can still do those Absolutely, things. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just it's it's hard to get a handle on this because we don't have the experience with Frank DeBoer. Uh, today on 92.9 The Game, we actually saw, if you guys may have seen it, some Reddit columns from some yep, Ajax yep. fans. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro, con, <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. Yeah. Frank will figure this out. Frank will not figure this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it all matter of who you're talking to. I just like to think that once we get Escobar in there, we get a little healthier. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you guys. Let me counterpoint it. What yeah. do you guys make of Breck Shea so far? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously a divisive figure because of how he's... Uh, kind of performed at previous locations that right. he's played. Uh, yes, he hasn't performed, I think, uh, to most of the, I think, the 17's liking. Uh, lots of crosses that kind of go into defenders and not really uh, looking to beat a defender. Lots of pass backs and stuff like that. So I think in terms of uh, that, it's kind of mixed. I, I don't really actually know a ton of people that are pro, but unless... He's a left attacking mid being forced to play left exactly. wing back in a bad system. So... Honestly, yes, he's another one of those situations, very similar to Franck de Boer, where his previous stents are always going to weigh on him right. like like a yeoman's oak. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those, or a yoke. It's going it's, it's to be heavy on him, and people are going to instantly be triggered by, oh, he's, he's shit again. Right. And, and the problem with that to me is our biggest issue last year on defense on that side was size. Garza was tiny. Ambrose, when he came in, was tiny. Bellow's not the biggest of stature players. If Brett was playing you know, in a system that fit him better or in a position that fit him better, I think his size, his pace, his speed, his attack in the box would be better suited. But would he be better with Tata in last year's team? I, think, I, think I don't think he would, I don't think he'd be in Because that's, yeah. that's the question we brought up with Jason. Yeah. It's I, now, again, a U.S. men's national team experience aside where people have just said this guy looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the problem. 
the ball going backwards, the ball. You you can see in a five minute span, he can be inconsistent in five minutes. You'll yeah. see the good, the sure. bad, and the ugly all yep. in one in one sequence practically. But the one positive that I can point to is when you saw him playing with a center mid like Darlington Nagby at Herediano, he his runs and and his instinct around the box led to two assists. Mm-hmm. So we know he has it in him. I just don't think our offense has clicked against any form of pressure. We came out and we punched Herediano in the mouth. Right. Something happened. That was shock and awe at the fifth, yeah. third bank, and they kind of folded too. Something too happened. Right, exactly. yeah. But they that team was, that, and I've said it, all respect and plaudits to Herediano, but that team's in 10th, I believe, in the in the Costa Rican mm-hmm. yeah. division now. So After we beat them, they blew a 2 nothing lead. Yes. Remember that? And then, of course, mm-hmm. then you put the flight up to Atlanta, yep. and then you saw what you saw. And then, yeah, their manager got... Uh, he got fired? Know, well, I think they mutually <laughs> parted away. Yeah. Mutually parted away. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, but that's that's the question, though. I mean, what... I'll ask you guys, because yeah. we were we were put chasing Longshore to the fire yeah. today. Carl mm-hmm. and I, Dukes and Bell, by the way, try Hey Man Ale. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and these guys take it. They can't do <laughs> it wrong. But, no, but it's just, how do we get, we were joking around, okay, Brad gets it to uh, whoever you want to say. It gets to LGP. LGP gets it to Nagby or Remetti. Mm-hmm. Remetti gets to Miggy, Miggy to Bark. Obviously, Miggy gets it to Joseph. We got a shot. We, we, we're just, attacking. It just yep. seems like it's a constipated style of soccer, for lack of a better well, word. Well, because, yeah, it's, it's a lot of side-to-side and less verticality, which right. is what we were really... Uh, uh, pushing with Tata Martino. Can we play over the top in this? System? Yeah, I mean, it, you well, might get benched if you do. Yeah, I was about to say it's it's very it's so, a lot of people are going to want to point to like Pep Guardiola's system of yeah. you want to play passes that are high percentage. Mm-hmm. So a cross is not a high percentage pass. Right. So you're going to see a lot more like I'm going to do short if I can't connect easily and instantly I'm going to go backwards. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a system of total total possession. And that, that was one thing. I did the deep dive on IAC, and I did a, I did a lot of their comments and, and looking at their at their fans' comments, and it's like, yes, we won titles, but we were boring as shit. You know, yes, he played the kids, but most of them got sold. You know, there's no Jan Vertonghen. There's no Christian Eriksen in this system. All You know, love Andrew Carlton, <clears throat> love George Bellow, but they're not Toby Alderweireld. You know, uh, they're not Toby from, from Spurs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Alderweireld. Yeah. Um, it's a <laughs> But he had he had, yeah. he had a ton of he had a ton of you know Scandinavian and Dutch talent at Ajax that's not coming through our system. True. So mm-hmm. in and plus we're in a salary cap leap. Ajax has money in the air in right. the Eredivisie. They're they're also a top club in the well, Netherlands. They're, they're the Yankees of, of the oh, Dutch league. Exactly, and, the, and they have Champions League experience. They they have stars on their kit because they've won the whole damn thing. So the thing that people need to realize about Ajax in that system is. If something's not working, they have the money, the time, and the transfer windows to go out and fix it. Mm-hmm. They also have the ability to go, oh, you're good, you're 14, you're in the Netherlands, well, guess what, you play for us now. I mean, I, I just, don't think we have that draw. I, and Darren apparently had him as a finalist when he was consulting at Tottenham, and I guess, right. you know, I guess, you know, so he had that be in his bonnet. Mm-hmm. And look, and we've, we'll have Darren on our, our radio show on Tuesday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I mean, Darren has been the architect of all this, and him, and obviously Carlos, and Carlos Bocanegra. Exactly. I mean, you, we, it's the first time we're actually criticizing. Well, I don't know about this Breck Shea thing. Why don't we got a Dutch guy? But right. these are the things you're hearing on the radio from everything from the passionate fan to the casual. Yeah, fan. Yeah, well, and yeah, the yeah. recruiting has to be. I, we've talked about this in our mm-hmm. in our meetings. Like, you have to wonder why we're forced into playing a left-footed person at right back in Mikey Ambrose mm-hmm. like because we don't have any natural right how does one injury literally Offset force you yeah. to change your entire defense and it shows against a team like Monterey whose squad is valued somewhere between 90 and 100 million dollars 
that they're too deep at every position. Right. You know, you have a, a Funes Mori who I realize is the one from River Plate. <laughs> now, not Never Miro. That's my fault. So it's yeah. good to see people get snarky with you guys too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like oh, the Funes Mori twins. Oh, by the way, time out real quick. For I can know there's hardcore fans obviously watching the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Be inclusive. Exactly. Be inclusive exactly. to the casual fan. Let them in. Because like, and we're all we're not always gonna get the lingo right on the radio, and I know we're supposed to because we're profession, professionals. <laughs> but but let, let's always be inclusive for the casual fan because it just continues to build the sport. So I, I know love it. the hardcore guys have been on it, you know, since you were children and all yeah. that. But yeah, I, to your point, it, there's so many elements that the casual fans came in. Like I, a first time fan, a fan at the game on uh, Sunday, Big mm-hmm. Ray, but yep. the biscuit shy four hundred, big guy. Oh, well, but no, Ray's like, up, Ray. Ray's like <laughs> is this is this as good as it gets? I go, ah, it's this it's not. This is <laughs> not even the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, right. This is not what we look like. It's it's almost like you went, it's yeah. almost like you went to that Falcons game that was a 6-3. Right. And you're just like, right. this sucked. So, yeah. And I've heard a lot of comparisons like that. Like, there are the new fans that aren't soccer people, but maybe they are a football person. So a lot of analogies that I've heard is like, let's say you're a fan of the Falcons and they're a 4-3 defense and we're set up to play a 4-3 on a lot of nickel and a new coach comes in because we know Dan just replaced his right, right. defense. And let's just say that the new guy comes in and he pretty much says, well, guess what? We're playing a 3-4 now all the time. Or we're going to run mm-hmm. a 5-2 bear all the time. And you just don't have the time or the personnel to play it. Will we, let's just say, for, uh, we got to get better before, worse before it gets better. Let's mm-hmm. just say we, we whatever happens, happens against Monterey. Hopefully we can eke out a win against a yeah, bad Philadelphia it, it team. It will take a miracle, yeah. But then we'll have two weeks of the international break. Mm-hmm. You think if Pity goes back to Argentina, he gets his confidence back. Plays against Joseph against Venezuela. He's yeah. by himself, by the way, from what we've been told. Pity yeah. doesn't have any like exactly. support system. His, his wife and kid aren't really right. there, I think. Or uh, his. But La Banda, I mean, he's yeah. got his Argentinian. Oh, yeah, he's got his crew. Yeah. He's got his boys. But I mean, like you saw I understand the, the homesickness. You saw yeah. the frustration with Joseph too. I just okay. our fear, and again, you don't want to. We're not trying to manufacture a story, mm-hmm. but we were talking about this on the air and off the air today. You hope the Latin players just don't get so ticked off that they they tune Frank out, and that, I think it's way too early in the game for that. But you know these guys are used to that, you know, what we yeah. were doing, and this is so different from that. Yeah, it's a culture shock for sure, but I think it's also good to see from them that passion and that competitiveness that, you know, you want from your players. And I think that's a good thing that, yeah, if they, you know, Joseph brushed off Justin, mm-hmm. I mean, that's okay. I, think I don't that's think okay. people are booing the players either. Yeah. That's the other no. thing that everybody no. needs yeah. to understand. It's like, let's <laughs> make that more clear. Play. There have been yeah. comments. That, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's not the players. It's just we know they're better than this. When you know that your performance on the pitch is not up, you look at the players and they look unhappy. Right. I mean, it's like you, when – a lot's going to be made of Justin, you know, being brushed off by Joseph, and a lot's going to be made of LGP, you know, demonstrating and and, mm-hmm. and saying some choice words, walking off, and mm-hmm. you know, good. I've said it many times. Yeah. I you want to see them. You yeah. have a sixty million dollar training facility. I hope every time you take a pee on that screen in front of you is some error, so that it pisses <laughs> right. you off. Right. Like yeah. these guys are professionals, and we don't need to coddle them, but we need to support them. But it it also has to be said, like a boo. Shows that you've made it on the world stage. I'm sorry. Passionate fans. <laughs> expectations boom. have been risen. Uh, the ex- exactly. expectations have risen with this team. We've really seen so. the style of play. We've seen what we're capable of doing. And it's just, this just looks so counterintuitive to everything we've come to expect. Right. Like, I mean, now, Miggy, I understand. Miggy's not here. It's a different world now. So how do we, let me ask you guys, how do we get pity? In space, how do we get pity? Uh-huh. Because he needs the ball at his feet. Obviously, it's funny right? that you asked that, Mike. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> this, this was not scripted. I'm just <laughs> yeah. asking the question. It's a perfect cover. Yeah. Yeah. He wears the number ten for a reason. Right. That's supposed to be your and really, really good. You've exiled him on the left wing. You also have Barco, who wants to be a ten, wants mm-hmm. to be a distributor, and you can tell like 
every breakaway that I've seen him take, he takes back to the center. Even though if he takes it wide, he would have more space and he wouldn't run into the congestion. So I believe that Barco wants to be a 10. And if that's the case, I would push Joseph and PT forward and let them do what they do. Because you've got the South American Player of the Year, you've got the MLS MVP, and mm. you've got a facilitator in Barco that can feed them. If you put, if if you almost ran it more like a four-three-one-two, right? Or you know, I've even said a four-four-one-one in, in some instances. Mm. You know, because I, I I see PT feeding Joseph, you know, more or Barco feeding PT because mm. those two guys can score goals. But you need to let them do what they do. You need to take the shackles off. Is everybody going to park the bus against us? Well, I mean, uh, is that what we're going to have to? Because how do we? Yeah. Then it's just static soccer that nobody exactly. wants to watch. And that, that, that is what we're watching. But you have to attack. Right. Yeah, you can't have ten. You can't have ten shots total. Two shots on goal. One one full attempt against an expansion team. Like if that's if that's Red Bulls that we played yesterday. If that's Sounders or Timbers. Oh yeah. It's it's a we, shit. We barely get any shots. Yeah. And yeah. So I agree. Yeah. I mean, but uh, I mean, what do you think for you in terms of uh, you know PT's performance so far? How have you rated it? Well, it's just tough because you know it looked like he was a little a little out of uh, the fitness was maybe a question early yeah. on in the first uh, part of the Calca calf. Right. Uh, he looks frustrated, you know. He, he I mean, just body language wise, looks upset. I mean, you just, and I'd be more upset if I was Joseph because you're like, hey, I'm down here, guys, MVP. Yeah, right. yeah. But uh, it just, you as a fan, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, break it down. Why, why is it so hard? Why are we still going side to side as we would say uh -huh. in the NFL, go vertical? Yeah, right. You know, and and but here, does Frank DeBoer know that, and how will he? address this in the next Here's the analogy. Years. Joseph looks like Mike between me and AJ right now because we're the center backs that <laughs> exactly. pretty much we're just stay next the to him the whole game. Match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, the, the foul, the, the cocker captain, that's a whole other animal. And I'd be, yeah. as much as excited as I was initially, I'm almost like, we're better off just getting done with it. Let's not be Toronto. Mm. You know, the T word. It's, it is, and it's, it's, we're a salary cap league, yeah. and and the, like I want to win everything. I, I want to win too. trophies, and Darren wants to win trophies. But, but I would take Toronto's situation to yeah. a degree right now, where they got to penalties in the final. Yeah, right. I it was really take close. That so against a team like uh, I believe it was what Tigres. Yeah, uh, you know. So so you're talking about a team that spent, you know, that has a hundred million dollar roster, mm -hmm. and and Monterey, like I said, has a has a big roster. Club America has a, a huge roster. Right. We can't compete with that in a league that that promotes parity because it's it's it's. And when we're you have owners that want two very yeah. crucial players, part of the right. system that really allows us to probably play in Tractor Board's fashion. Also, so why do you why do you have to jam all the fixtures in? Like like why does this tournament have to be over by May? Yeah, the, the Champions League in goes Europe, on all year. Yeah, it, yeah you, you know, you yeah. started in August and you and it and it ends in May. Like, why yeah. does why does this thing have to start in February and end in the in, in May? It doesn't make sense to me. I wish that <laughs> I wish that it's a summer league. I wish we could continue <laughs> right. on. Sure. And I wish we had our old team with Tata and Miggy up against these guys. I mean, that's <laughs> sure. that's what the fans. Oh, all, yeah. see, that's what the fans really want to see. Oh. At the t at the height of our He's powers, breaking my heart, guys. As the oh. and like I know we kids crying over spilt milk, but yeah. what would this team with all this dynamic uh, dynamic players and the way it was run? I think what the fight on FIFA. Yes. I'm bringing you back on FIFA, Miggy. Exactly. And we're going to figure out. Exactly. Monterey we'll 2018 version of FIFA with Tata <laughs> in it. Uh, but anyway, let's move on and uh, let's talk about maybe your expectations for Atlanta United season. Like, what what do you, uh, in your outlook, what do you uh, think is a good season? I mean, I think we're so spoiled rotten. I mean, I think yeah. we expect to go back to. You know the championship, but here's the thing: we don't know what the who's going to be rising and falling. Is DC United going to be as good? They don't have the depth. They certainly played our butts wow, off. Wow, they're good. Yeah. I, They've I, gotten I, a lot better. They took the momentum from last year's playoff run, 
right? And they've gotten mm-hmm. better. Everybody discounts Columbus. Right. Red yeah. Bulls are going to be good. Is Toronto going to... It's all your fault, by the way. <laughs> it's but, all uh, your... It's all, yeah, that's one of my favorite chances. Hey, you're thanks for, all of us, thanks yeah. for the shout-out on San Andreas. <laughs> we really appreciate you saying that we right. run a class yeah. organization. Right. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. No, but neither of the New York teams are going away. Right. You know, you're going to play a team in Philly that's going to... Mm-hmm. And the West has gotten stronger as well. Wow. They look better than most of the East at this time. And here's so. the thing we haven't pointed out is the playoffs is no longer home and home. Mm-hmm. You know, single if, elimination. Single elimination. And, and do you really want to be playing in New York in November? See, that's the thing. That's why winning, it, it's early days. That's just two games in. But yep. yeah, do, do you've got to win. You want that number one seed yep. mm-hmm. if possible. Right. It's, it's just like I said, the we have no experience with Frank DeBoer, so I can't. I can't go on the radio and say, fire that guy, okay? Yeah, I mean, right. Well, we could, but it's, it's asinine because we just don't know what he's going to do yet. Right. I just feel like he hasn't helped himself with some of his explanations. because, it, And this is this is not the crap on Frank DeBoer hour, but mm-hmm. if you can look at some of his statements and say, we don't play Breck Shea because of his height on the turf against a team, and then he ducks another question. Or, you know, there's the situation where he he's... he's I can just point yeah. out a million. Right. Yeah, but I think like... the, the main thing was last night's, uh, oh, well, you know, that Atlanta United fans were spoiled. And so we want to get your thoughts on that, mm. you know. Well, like everything else, if, uh, you, if ta- you, you take a soundbite, you've got to take the t- take the mm-hmm. whole, take it in total. Exactly. Right. So he goes on to explain, look, you know, you guys, you know, there were times where you were countering. There's times where, you know, he gave all the scenarios of how we were so successful last year. Right. And now he says we're marked men. And we said, you know, team's going to park the bus against us. Mm-hmm. Once we gave up that goal, Cincinnati's like, all right, we'll back it off. We're not going to get humiliated tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you take the whole, as Doug Robertson had from the AJC, mm-hmm. there is some merits to what he was saying. But, of course, all you hear is, Dutch coach, you, you guys are spoiled. Yeah, right, sure, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's not the best right? thing. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe, you know, here's the thing with Tata. We never heard a word from Tata because he didn't speak English. Yeah. At least not enough to or, yeah, well, you know, yeah, exactly. He I said mean, it was translated, blowing but, things right. normally. In, uh, Typical yeah. coach platitude. Unless exactly. your name was Chris Armas. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's true. But I think that's where he endeared himself to the fans. Uh, right. Tata would know when to speak and speak well about things and... Well, it's maybe just a little bit of insensitivity, maybe. Maybe a little bit of loss in translation, even. Yeah, maybe we, speak Dutch man. Seven languages. When we, it's so funny, when we interviewed Frank, uh, when he had this pro- uh, introductory press conference, we were right. up at the uh, training facility, we had him live mm-hmm. on the air, and we were joking, we had a little small talk during the commercial break, yeah. and I said, Frank, I go, well, the good news is, this is nothing like England. There'll be yeah. no heat. <laughs> I, go, I said, media coverage in this town will be like a Swedish massage compared yeah, to what you had to right, deal right. with at Crystal Palace. Uh, and he laughed, he goes, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, I was about to say. You know, and here yeah, we are, two already, games. Yep. Did you ever think that it would be on the level where you've got... And I, I, it's it's almost college football esque now. I mean, right. it's it's crazy. And this was a, a good analogy that I saw online today. With Atlanta United fans, it's such a a, a melting pot of people that it's almost as if you've you've got a lot of Mississippi State fans and maybe a lot of you know Central Florida fans mm-hmm. all thrown in. You know, te- maybe some teams that aren't used to winning as much that right. won a championship. People that aren't like we said are right. new to the sport that follow right, right. other teams. Like maybe they're Vanderbilt fans or Virginia Tech fans. They haven't won a national championship and now they follow a team that in their second year. Right. Hit the climax. Well, so just, are we just not uh, used to it? It's just it's tough because we, we we had a style we all fell in love with. Right. It's a style that for a guy like you know, I mean I've been into it about a decade, eleven years now. But for the casual fan, mm-hmm. that's a fun style of soccer. Awesome. If all soccer games are played like a FIFA video game, I watch soccer all the time. Uh, that's sure. exactly what Atlanta United gave you. Seventy goals in thirty-four yeah. games. And you know? this is the kind of stuff that when people think of soccer and the, the kind of soccer I would make fun of yep. before mm-hmm. I became enlightened, and I would say, oh, that's boring as hell. It's all possession. There's low scoring. There's no yeah. action. Uh-huh. Americans want scoring. We want action, and that's yeah, what yeah. United provided you. So and, yeah, how yeah. do we get there? Right, and that's what the club promised us when 
they first started, when you know, it was the ethos is that we were going to win uh, games four three. Or That's where we spent the money. Yeah, well, exactly. they also said that it was going to continue so, with Frank DeBoer. Yeah. Evolution, then, not revolution. Right, and rotation, uh, that really not hasn't happened, right? It's very interesting. <laughs> right. So, uh, but I think uh, let's uh, kind of uh, get near the end here. But oh, before... yeah, I do talk radio, so I'm a professional BS artist. Uh, yeah, I, this guy. I don't know what the normal format is. I hope guy. I'm not ruining everything. Oh, no, 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 this is And I'll tell you another thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, before uh, we go, we got to talk a little bit of the Premier League with uh, Chelsea and whatnot. Uh, oh, some God. More. Rapid but, fire. Yeah. So, you know, do we think that, or do you think that Maurizio Sarri is going to last the season? And then, how do you think uh, they're going to end up? Are they going to be in the top four? Will Chelsea be a top? Right four now, team? they're on the cusp, but it, it's so hard because it's, it started with such great promise, yes. and everybody was saying, "Oh, this guy—it's you know—it's—it's it's a different vibe, different energy." Nobody likes Mourinho anyway, but it was right. a, it's a, it a departure from that, right? And and he was loose, mm. and, you, and you realize, okay, now you realize we're kind of an Italian journeyman coach, Napoli, Napoli miracle. You know what I mean? Though. So that's, but mm. it's just frustrating. And then, of course, the. The, the transfers and all the things usually you want to see Jorginho. Abramovich. Yeah, you want to see Abramovich spend like a drunken sailor and let's go in, let's go right. bananas here. It's a very strange season for Chelsea. It's got, mm-hmm. a, I mean, twists here and there. I mean, realistically, yeah, just hoping to get the fourth spot, make yep. the Champions League. Right. But uh, yeah, and I know I'm <laughs> no, but Manchester. There's such good. There's such good energy with Manchester oh, right yeah. now, yeah. and especially just what happened in the, in the, in the Champions League. Yep. And that was, by the way, is that one of the greatest matches you've ever seen? Well, and and, and not to harp on Paris, but. Man, another collapse after yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. All the now, money they spent yeah, wow. as a country. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know it's like, but it's karma for Real Madrid and yep. certainly for what you saw with PSG. And but that, but that was and remember, it's Manchester's backups. So yeah, so Manchester's now team of destiny. Yes, and we'll see if Chelsea. But I don't, I don't know what Chelsea. I what is Chelsea's identity? Spurs. Yeah, I hope yeah, they draw Spurs in the next round. I would love to see Manchester United versus Spurs. It is, oh, that would be a great. No, love, great love Eden Just beat the yeah. shit out of each other <laughs> so that Arsenal can just you know right. ascend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some irony there. I mean, Wenger, by the way, gone, of course. And then, that, right. that was, Two uh, nines at the wheel. But think yeah. about that. Like, remember, a, a Wengerless arsenal. And we're in yeah. the same yeah. kind of boat here about what's That's the true. direction of the, sh- of the team going to look like. Absolutely. You know, take, and, take and, and, and there was, you know, I went on some international shows in the beginning of the season, and it was like, you know, after our first two losses, people were calling for heads. And I was right. like, you got to give the guy time. We just played City. And right. We just played Chelsea away. He's, Right. Pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> I know. You know, and I, yeah, I said we'd be 6-2-2. Two, two. We were 7-1-2 and two after our first yeah. 10. You know, so um, maybe that's a sign. But also, to Unai Emery's credit, he was flexible. And he admitted his faults. And he made halftime substitutions. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest thing to me about Franck De Boer is 90-minute substitutions down 3 nothing when your team is gassed. All right, real quick. Do you yeah. think in the, the match down in Monterey, he just, I can I can grind it out with this crew, with these guys? That's was one nothing. I, I don't That's wanna, a great result. I mean, yeah, exactly. one nothing on the we're road. 10 minutes, and we're we're 10 minutes exactly. away, and we, we got a chance to them. knock out Monterey. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I mean, there was... Uh, I don't know. It's it, that's two games now. We've had like kind of confusing right. situation where you're like, why is he subbing? Why isn't he not moving? Why? Where's Tito? Why wasn't Nagby in there sooner? Ah. Yeah. And even at two nil, I'm sitting there going, okay, now you pull the plug. Now, now we go full defense, park the bus, right. hoof the ball. Don't try to clear it out of the back. Don't play short out of the back. No. You know, because you're gassed. Right. And, and Mikey was gassed, and, mm-hmm. and just the turnovers. Like you just see why do, it was three three open in the back post. Like exactly. come on. Yeah, Mike Conti was calling. You cannot give up that third goal. That's right. it. That's death. That's, that's, yeah, that that's was the, the death tie for right. sure. Right. right. Uh, Man. Yeah. So uh, you know, I think you skirted the question, but I'm gonna. Oh, Chelsea dead in the water. Chelsea dead in the water. No, but this is in the plus here. No. You'll never walk alone, or as they say, Chelsea, you'll never walk again. Yeah. I give him credit for his. He is a true Chelsea. Yeah, indeed. And so through and through. 
that's uh, that's very cool. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for coming on the show, Mike. We really appreciate the man, it. the myth, the legend, yeah, having you, Mike Bell. One yeah, last time, exactly. Hey, hey man, hey, hey man. man. If you see me at Mercedes Benz, if you buy me a beer, I'll let you buy me another beer. We'll that's see. That's what I'm talking about. Catch uh, Dukes and Bell on 92.9 The Game, and uh, thank you so much again. Thanks, appreciate guys. It. Cheers. Thanks very much to Mike Bell for coming on the show. Yeah. Gotta, Yum. I had but, to get uh, one of these. I had to watch them drink them for what it's worth. <laughs> but uh, guys, let's get into our mailbag. And you guys send in these questions through IG story. Please continue to do so. And we might answer your question in the future. First question comes from Alex Clough. Nine. Do you think Darren and Arthur will have patience with DeBoer? I think they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I think he should be given a little bit more time than what he's been given right now. I don't think that we need to develop the habit as a club that pulls the trigger so quickly. We're not Chelsea. Um, looking at you, Mike Bell. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it is frustrating right now, but we have to give him an honest, good try. Let him have some games. If it's not working and we see that it's really a big problem, you know, a little more, a little while longer, I'd say, yeah. into the season, uh-huh. then we might have a problem. But I, yeah. I think they have to give him patience. Yeah. What they said before when they hired him, you got to give him patience. Yeah, and I think, yes, of course, it's frustrating. Yes, we are essentially out of the CCL. Um, yes, our high expectations and what we wanted out of this season has uh, mostly kind of been thrown out the window a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think now it's trying to salvage the situation and try to figure out how we can move forward. And, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's still a lot of games in MLS uh, to, to recover, even though, yes, it's uh, a lot of drop points. But, you know, I think uh, what this team has shown in the past is that they are resilient. Hopefully uh, we can, you know, continue to see that. And, uh, yeah, maybe we can turn things around. But, uh, yeah, next question comes from Nijas. What needs to change in order for PT to perform? Tactics, I think. The formation might help as well. Uh, some time, I, some I think, time also. as well. He's you know, coming to a new league. Uh-huh. He hasn't really been match fit. Uh, it, it could be a thing where maybe he comes off the bench. Maybe he's not exactly the guy that we're relying on so yeah, much right now. Yeah, I think now. he can be, though. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, in the interim, let's kind of blood him in to the team first. And instead of just trying to, you know, just because the fans want to see him, uh, I think you'll be okay if, you know, you know, we realize, yes, he is tired. He has played a what? lot of football. Yeah, five and 17 days or whatever it is. It's, yeah, a lot of matches. And it's a lot of minutes. And uh, where he hasn't been, yeah, his best self. So I think, yeah, uh, maybe put a Tito in, give him a run of games as well. The more guys that are uh, ready and raring to go and have some match fitness, the better I think our season goes as well. So I think, uh, you know, PT kind of giving him, uh, you know, maybe some late subs where he's running at tired defenses be a really good thing and where he gains that confidence I and have then no problem up. with any of that yeah so uh next question comes from landon's 55 why did the wingers usually always pass back instead of into space or long switches that's the philosophy big guy that's yeah. the philosophy yeah it's uh you know not taking risks and it's also yeah i mean that's what it is it's keeping possession over 
other things. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I can tell is. you all about it. It's really, really frustrating to watch. Yeah, uh, I, I you're know. seeing firsthand what he experienced for what, like four Dude, years, that, five well, years. Well, I mean, under Moyes, it was just yeah. depressing. Under Van Gaal, it was godly boring. And under Jose Mourinho, it was a dumpster fire. Yeah. So it was good stuff. But yeah. right now, we're just at boring to death. So let's just. I'd rather if we just went from boring to death back to really good and skip the other two stages. Sure. But yeah, it, it's when you have players that you know want to be direct, want to be creative, want to run at players and make stuff happen. And instead, players turn around and pass it backwards. It really drives your head in. Indeed, indeed. Next question comes from Chris Robinson 142. In your opinion, has Atlanta United lost their drive or motivation since winning it all? Nah, that ain't ain't the one. I don't think it's that issue at all. I don't think there's a lack of motivation. I don't think that they're not trying or anything like that. It's definitely, I think, uh, yeah, uh, a flurry of things. And it starts from the top with, uh, yeah, just the way that they're being told to play. And uh, maybe they're having to, you know, force their hand in, in how they're doing it. So... It's just, uh, I think that's what it is. But uh, last question comes from Ryan Connor 13 With all this talk of booting Frank de Boer, do you think it's realistic? Who would replace him? Um, first off, I am not on that train yet. I think that would be a very stupid idea right now because to answer your question, I have no idea. Most coaches, if you want to get one from Europe, they're still in season until the middle of May or later. And then what free agent co- what free agent coaches are out there and everyone else? <laughs> Doesn't is, yeah. Oh yeah. No. Stop it. Arsene Wenger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay then. And so <laughs> there's not really any names out there that you'd want to go and get. You kind of missed your window on that. So now you have yeah. to wait till the summer to have yeah. someone. And you even have the likes of a uh, Gabriel Molito that we were linked to. He has signed a. Uh, extension, I think, with uh, Estudiantes, and so, uh, or, uh, yeah, I think Estudiantes, and so, uh, either way, I mean, yeah, you you have, yeah, a lot of that where it's not a lot of availability, and so, right now, it's not the time. with what you got, so you may as well be patient and see if anything can get better. Exactly. But, uh, you know, in terms of being realistic on that, uh, like, a time frame, I mean, I think we just have to wait and see at this moment now, because we've made our bet, and now we got a line in, I think, so... Uh, but guys, that moves us into our match preview, and that's Wednesday at 8 p.m. at the Benz against Monterey. <sighs> yeah, it's some would say it's a dead rubber. Um, I, I would I, say it's yeah. it's just a very high mountain to climb. I actually I think this game is going to say a lot about where I sit on this Frank DeBoer spectrum, um, because even though the tie might be dead, I expect them to come out and work their ass off on Wednesday and try to climb that mountain, if they don't try to climb that mountain and it's boring and it's dead and there's no effort, that's gonna really piss me off. Because at the end of the day, like with Atlanta United, I expect them to fight every minute of every game to do everything they can for the shirt and for the fans. Mm -hmm. Because A, that's the type of character they've shown to have, Mm -hmm. and B, that's what this club is all about. Mm -hmm. So if they don't come out and fight and try to do that, and not to bang on Manchester United again, but how many people thought they could beat PSG? No one, no one, not even myself. I thought if we could make it respectable, that'd be great. But they went out to the Parc de Prince and won 3-1. We're at home in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's a hell of a home field advantage as fans and supporters. Let's make it one because they got a reception down in Mexico. Let's show them that we can be loud as well. Mm -hmm. And let's see them go and try. And if they don't get there and they don't get the result, but if they try and do Mm -hmm. everything they can to win, 
I'm not going to be as mad because I know they still care and they still fight for the shirt, and that's important. Yeah, but uh, let's get into the keys for this match. And I think, uh, you know, one of the major things is that we have to stay compact on our defense and not give away balls over the top so easily where it could just beat us with one ball. If they get one goal, we got to get four, and that's yeah. the problem. So we have to be smart and stay compact defensively. Right, and so also uh, I think we look for that cohesion in our attack. And between the lines, uh, I think we also need more players to play between those lines. And also, yeah, just not really be so static. Get that movement, make those runs. Find some space. Yeah, exactly. And so, make you know. Make yourself available. <laughs> exactly. And so, uh, that's that's a major part of this. Uh, I think it's, you know, focus on our uh, our strengths and what we can do. And I think the, the match will speak for itself. Um, yes, Monterey are a very, very, one of the, the best clubs on the continent, for sure. But, uh, you know, it, it's something that if we can, uh, you know, create that, that magic and, you know, maybe get something out of this that uh, we can build on or even get through, it would be quite amazing. Actually. I mean, this is an interesting place because this is not something I think Atlanta fans are used to. Yeah. We're underdogs. Yeah. Like, that's an actual thing because, mm -hmm. I mean, you look at their key players. Yeah, besides, like, the Red Bulls uh, like, in the playoffs, that we haven't been running underdogs. This team is worth, like, uh, $25 million more million than ours is. We uh -huh. think our team's good. Their team's worth $30 million. That's two P.D. Martinez's. Yeah. That's one and a half Miguel Almiron's better. Like, think about that. So we're coming mm -hmm. from a place where we're 3-0 no down, we're underdogs. Let's go and let's fight for it. Let's yeah. show what we got because maybe at the end of the day we don't get it done. But hell, we at least need to go and damn well try. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point we have nothing to lose in that regard. We we just have to, you know, go all out on attack, and you know, at, at a certain point where we feel like, uh, yeah, we might be safe and we might be able to to do that. And I think we can do that. I, but uh, you know, with that, they again, you know, they have some very very dangerous pieces. And it's uh, it's the, the same guys that could kill us again if they get that that moment to uh, to strike on us. So, yeah. um, you know, and I think yeah, you know, major part of this is yeah, what we do and how we set up is a big part of that. I mean, is it going to be a heavily rotated side or are we going for it with the kind of unchanged 11 from Tired Sunday. Legs, played a lot of games in a lot of days. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, but, uh, you know, in terms of the injuries, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at that, Franco Escobar has come into the side and is training. That's very good. Um, George Bello played Atlanta United 2. Yeah, on Saturday. Know, by the way, first exactly. game of the season, good for them. All right, which is interesting because they also, uh, they played a 3-4-3 to start, and then and apparently played a switched. lot of teenagers. Yeah, and played a lot of teenagers, and they won 2-0, but they changed their formation halfway uh, or midway through the match, and yeah, and it's like uh, they were able to uh, incorporate a Dion Pereira in uh, where, yeah, I think uh, Stephen Glass, there, uh, the, the head coach of LA2, mentioned that, yeah, uh, Pereira was maybe feeling it a little bit, uh, might be on the verge of cramping up. We, they were able to save his legs a little bit by playing him in uh, more of the 10 role. And, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, I think we need those change of tactics in a match. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's odd to see that the two is, uh, you know, maybe a, a shining example for, uh, for the, the first team squad. But, uh, I think in terms of that, let's uh, you know get into that predicted 11 because is it going to be a heavily rotated side or a strong 11? I think it's going to be a 3-4-3 three, three again. 
And the big problem is that you have Leandro Gonzalez Perez suspended because yes. he's picked up two yellow cards, mm -hmm. and that picks up a suspension. That's how it works in the Champions League. If you pick up two yellows, you're going to miss a match. Mm -hmm. um, at some points in time, they are wiped, but unfortunately, this is the first two rounds, so they're right. not getting wiped. Mm -hmm. um, so you are short a center back, but he has not shown that he's played in the back four, so I think he's going to go with a back three of Escobar on the right, because I believe he is fit in training with the team now. Mm -hmm. Maybe not match fit, but... Yeah, maybe. Robinson in the middle, and then because it makes no sense, which means it makes perfect sense, Michael Parkhurst on the left. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it and makes no sense, which means it makes perfect sense. Right, so uh, who's your uh, wing back in midfield? So I think Julian Gressel will play again, and I have Eric Metti and Darlington Nagby, and I think we might see a George Bellow siding. I think mm -hmm. Breck Shea's played a lot of games, and he hasn't been particularly good. George Bellow played at the weekend. He's young, I think he deserves another chance, mm -hmm. and this might be the one because, in a sense, he has no pressure on him because yeah. we're already down 3 0 and going out, so mm -hmm. go out there and see if you can do something. Yeah. And then up top, I think he's going to play the same three, PD Joseph Barco, because mm -hmm. he shows he's not going to play Tito Vijalba. Yeah, um, I, I hope, uh, you know, otherwise, I, I think it's a, you know, maybe because, you know, he has uh, said that he's going to change things. Ooh, he's not going to hesitate. Change. This excites right? me. Right? I know, right? So maybe he does a 4-3-3. <gasps> maybe. And uh, in that, if it were, then what we have would be an Escobar coming in. We'll see. Uh, because, yeah, if he's match fit or not, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those matches he can play in, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, So Escobar as that right back. Parkhurst. And we have Robinson. Uh, I think I think you have Robinson on the right, and then Parker's on the left. But uh, Bello also I think comes in for those exact same reasons to give Shea a little bit of a rest. And yeah, Shea is not an out and out left back, so Bello's either uh, the guy or Ambrose. So a little bit interchangeable in that sense. Uh, of course, not in the same like talent sphere, but it is what it is. Uh, and I, I think uh, Gressel. And Rometty and Nagby round out that three-man midfield. Uh, so yeah, you see Gressel. He, you know, in the playoffs uh, when he played in a, a midfield three, he was able to uh, sneak over to the right on the right wing a little bit, get those crosses in, or even from the middle and um, you know cross it in. And so uh, you know, or play a diagonal and whatnot. Uh, I think that's a very strong midfield and still offers some creativity and some solidity in defense. Uh, and that's where it gets to this attack. I hope that Tito can get a match, and that's where I, I hope he can. Tito, Barco, and Joseph, uh, and then have PT come on later in the match and maybe run on some tired legs. That's my very optimistically, uh, you know, rosy-eyed uh, starting eleven. It's probably not going to be, and it's probably going to be a 3-4-3. But okay, so that's where that is. With that starting 11, how does Atlanta United fare against Monterey? Yeah, I think uh, with that, I mean, we're not the most solid with that uh, that back or that back four. And, you know, it's a new formation in that sense. Uh, they haven't really played that in preseason. They would pretty much, it's very unlikely. Uh, so, uh, you know, with that... Uh, lack of solidity. Uh, we still ship one goal, but we scored, I think, two. And that means, unfortunately, we are out of CCL. And, uh, I mean, I think it's on to the more pressing matters at, at that time now. Because it's going to be, uh, the focus is going to be on MLS. So, 
What about you? For me, um, I don't think we're going to play a 4-3-3, which I'd love, and I wish we would go for it and attack like I spoke about. But something just seems off about this team right now. They mm. seem frustrated. I don't know if we're going to go do that. I don't know if this system or this manager has the ability to allow them to go and attack like that. Yeah. So I think we might get one in there, but I think we're going to go for it. But at the end of the day, I think you just have to admit that Monterey is a better team than we are. And I think they're going to come here and get a 2-1 win and see us go out of the Champions League. And I don't think it'll be necessarily disrespectful, but I just think it's they're better. We're not playing great. And I don't see the system changing. Mm -hmm. But I hope I'm wrong, and I hope the players go out there and give everything for the shirt, or at least give everything for the shirt in this system and show us why it should work. You know, Give us some reason to hope. Give us a reason to see, okay, this is what we're trying to do. I hate to be at that point already, but, mm -hmm. I mean, 3-0, tough, tough place to be. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But, uh, guys, that gets us to our question of the day. What do we got? All right, guys, so everyone has a lot of hot takes right now about everything going on with Atlanta United, but I'm going to ask you if you could change just one thing, whether that be a lineup, the way that we play, a player. If you could change just one thing, and please try to be more creative than just saying the manager is five games in, what would that be for Atlanta United? Get down in the comments below and let us know what you guys think. And guys, that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already, share this episode, and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Tanner, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.